0: Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. We just saw a pretty good ending to what was a above-average show. So when you get that on an episode of Raw, you can't really complain too much.
0: You really can't. Uh, I, I tweet about it, and I... I'm gonna stick with it I think raw is on a hot streak and that is a very nice thing it's been a pretty nice kind of sh- uh, streak of shows here where uh and we'll talk maybe about the reasons why but overall I-, I think the last couple shows have been pretty darn good I mean again especially if you're uh grading on the raw curve like above average definitely is is the the keyword word there and and I would I even venture to say that they've been good so uh, we will get into that all of that this show the the general trend here uh, all that and more here uh, before we do just want to so remind you all this show, given we do here on the Rust Zone, is available on any number of streaming platforms: SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, uh, podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So, uh, John, we knew heading into night, we knew there would be a WWE Championship match to kick off the show. They, they had set up last night: Extreme Rules. After the New Day uh, defeated Bobby Lashley, Edge, Styles, and almost in an impromptu six-man tag team match uh, backstage during pay per view, Lashley challenged me to a, a single match for the title, a title—a legit match. After, of course. Biggie in his money, the bank contract. So they they put it on Raw, and they are they they made it clear this match will be kicking off uh, Raw tonight. So pretty easy to see there. The the reasoning being, or at least at least part of it being that you, they would want to kind of bring some viewers in uh, at the start of the show and then hope that they will stick around uh, for the for the rest of it, or at least for for the the uh, majority of it. So with that in mind, uh, we knew we would we'd be getting that match, and I thought it was a good one. It was fun, but then. John, the hurt business is back out of nowhere. Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin popped up wearing hair business t shirts, so like they had stepped out of a time machine. These guys broke up. I what, um, what five five ish months ago, it was yeah. the very yeah. end of March, right, right before WrestleMania. There, uh, that at the time, I remember I was very upset about that, and um. I, I, there have been many times where I, I've wished that that would happen, so I can't be too upset about that happening, especially with Biggie having the, the New Day by his side here. Uh, so that, that makes sense. It's always fun when Raw does seem to make sense. So at least I think I'll stop there and say, what do you think about opening Raw with the, the title match here and with the Herb business uh,
1: coming back here? Uh, I was impressed to see them go back to that. Uh, I guess uh, there's always a risk of doing that and that fans were going to be like, well, what suddenly happened to tie loose ends? Does MVP being gone have something to do with this? Uh, there's that intriguing aspect. But there's so many question marks, particularly around tonight, because with the draft coming both uh, this Friday and Monday, next Monday, uh, this could all be temporary. We, we don't know where people are going to end up. Uh, we've gotten certainly them teasing a lot of stuff tonight, but who's to say that in all of these feuds or all of these things where, where feuds are being teased, that both people involved don't go to SmackDown and with the, herb business, that is three superstars together. Uh, usually you would assume that Lashley. And then of course, Benjamin and Alexander are kind of like a, probably a team that they would be drafted as, but i think that it was the right decision to put them back together uh we're we're clearly getting a bobby lashley versus goldberg grudge match at crown jewel which they already teased this months ago that it would be non-title we didn't know that lashley wouldn't have the title at that point but that, that that's what happened so i think yeah as far as all that goes i think it was the right decision It was it too late to make that decision. Who knows? I mean, I think the fact that they actually decided to do it, I'm not. I like Stephen Chambers comment. He says uh, thought something might have been wrong with my TV, seeing Shelton Cedric back with the hair business. Maybe his TV was playing some uh, March episodes there. (laughs) But I mean, they did a good job of blocking, if if that's what they did, blocking it out of out of the crowd. Because when when Biggie did that spear outside of the ring the crowd didn't even really react to the fact that Cedric and shuttle were standing right there until you actually saw it on camera. Right. So that that was good. That was well played.
0: Yeah. And and you bring up the draft here. We we could circle back to the main event match itself, but uh, we definitely, you mentioned all this in- uh, uncertainty. And we had drew McIntyre coming out at the very end of the night there. I'll uh, well, give it away here after biggie won the main event match. Um, and that struck me by surprise where, I think more than pretty much anybody, I, I thought that Magatar was kind of a lock to move to SmackDown uh, in the draft. And then he's coming out here, uh, pointing his sword at Biggie, pretty, uh, pretty clearly suggesting he wants the title. Um, and you mentioned, yes, there's a possibility in general. You could see like, both guys move to the other brand to, to, uh, to have that feud. We've seen that in the past, but it's not going to happen here. I don't, I don't think Biggie's moving. Uh, I think that Biggie and Roman are going to be entrenched on their respective brands as champions. Um, so that definitely did strike me by surprise where, you know, usually that I feel like th- uh, this episode of Raw tonight and on SmackDown, well, SmackDown's the draft this week, but let's say SmackDown this past Friday, kind of like a, a season finale where it's like I wouldn't really expect all that much new stuff in terms of like real new feuds at least to be teased like this. Uh, especially, again, especially McIntyre with me feeling like Again, I, I really thought he was going to move. Um, and that, this this makes sense. McIntyre couldn't challenge uh, Bible Lashley anymore. Now that Biggie's the champion, you have got that going for him. Uh, so that makes sense. A car saying he wanted to see Lashley versus AJ Styles. That was match to kind of tease last night. Uh, it's still possible going off, you know, depending what happens with the draft here. Um, but another big possibility talking about the draft, um, you know, Biggie has been doing interviews and talking about how much he likes him back at the New Day. But Corey Graves said it, I think, like at least three times last night. Uh, like, oh, this will be the last time we see the New Day team up together, and I got, I have I'm, I have an increasingly bad feeling we're going to see the New Day get split up again, um, and I don't think that'd be the right call. I, I think, and Biggie gave, gave an interview with Sports Illustrated that I think it came out today, where he was saying, "We there's still a lot we, we can do as a group and as individuals," and so he he seems pretty. Uh, hopeful or, or if not adamant about staying together, at least right now. Um, where they just got back together that, uh, and I do think there's a lot they could do, especially now we've got the herbit the herbic is coming back, uh this potential kind of uh continuation of, of the bloodline food we saw. What was that? I guess last week, just last week there on Raw. Um so yeah, I mean I, I said it on the post last night, but the draft is a fun time. It's really hard to kind of predict what's gonna happen. Um, where you can see you can kind of Try to connect the dots of like, okay, this would make sense or this could happen. But we're sitting here on Monday, we have no idea what's gonna happen. Like other than maybe some some reports might come out this week, like this this person is expected to move. But until Friday night, we're really not gonna know what's gonna happen. And that's makes that's what makes it fun. So um, you know, for me, this this show closing angle seems to suggest the McIntyre what was saying on Raw. And again, that's surprising because I feel like he's done pretty much everything he could do over on Raw. But now you've got Biggie, that that's something fresh. So you know, I guess at the end of the day, that's all that really counts, where we've got, uh, you know, fresh options for him, and, and that, that's exactly what Big E is. So, uh, we'll talk a little, we can talk a little more about the draft later here, but lots more to dig into on the show. Um I remember Takara saying Raw was doing well until the show, they showed the footage of Nia Jax. So, for the second week in a row, Shayna Baszler single-handedly improved the raw woman's vision because last week she took out nia Jax and made her scream like a dinosaur and this week she took out eve marie two people that have their fair share or maybe even more than their fair share uh, of detractors here uh, among fans uh, i know that eve marie has definitely got a lot of flack since she came back uh and and she was only in the ring because she cost dewdrop uh her her raw woman's side match with charlotte flair uh, it was an open challenge, and they kind of gave it away ahead of time. Cool. <laughs> you know, what's what's the point of open cha- open challenge if you're going to give it away like that? But that's fine. Uh, and I thought for a second we we're actually going to see kind of some, you know, progression, some moving forward. with will do drop there. No, no. Even Marie cost for the match. Pretty uh, quick distraction, and, and Charlotte Flair hit the natural selection, uh, and then Marie was kind of taunting after the match after Charlotte uh, beat her down. And then Shana comes out, stomps her arm on, on the steel steps. So much like Nia Jax, I would not be surprised if uh, on Wednesday during the bump or something, we heard that Yves Marie was quote-unquote injured, and this was a way to somehow write her off for for now. I don't know how long that might be. Uh, John, what do you think of this? Uh, I don't know. Let's say that this new Shana Baszler and what looked to be kind of the, uh, you know, send off i guess for a uh, temporary send off for Eve Marie.
1: I like what they're doing with her finally it's long overdue it's been long overdue. I've said since that elimination chamber pay-per-view in 2020 where she was single-handedly booked as the most dominant female superstar in years and and that was erased in a mere 2 months after that that she would needed to go back to this type of, you know, I don't want to say gimmick, but this type of dominance, I guess you would say. And it's weird to interpret if they are trying to make her like a babyface. I mean, she's obviously doing heelish antics, but she's attacked what would be seen as two heels in recent weeks. And we clearly know that the SmackDown women's division is going to be absolutely packed with Becky Lynch, the returning Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair for the foreseeable future. Shayna Baszler has to stay on Raw, with uh, Charlotte Flair obviously staying on Raw. That is a very intriguing feud that I see them going with, but uh, Shayna would probably have to be the the face, maybe. I mean, it's it's so weird because either could go either way, but at the same time, it's like nothing would make sense, no matter what (laughs) it would and it wouldn't at the same time. So as far as writing Eva Marie off, I mean, she wasn't doing anything anyway, really. She was doing the same stuff she did before. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what people expected differently. I think people were a little harsh just because they were upset about who did get released or they were upset about who got doesn't get booked for the show. And, you know, Eva Marie gets that airtime, so people have sour feelings about that. But who knows when we'll see her again.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we, we didn't really get a, a timetable for Nia Jax it's, last it's week. It's
1: because the women's division isn't really super big, and they've written off Nia Jax, they've written off Alexa Bliss, and now they've seemingly written off Eva Marie. That's three all on Raw that they've written off.
0: And it's not like SmackDown has an abundance to, like, send over and make up for it. I mean, SmackDown has has been largely criticized for months about having a, a fairly limited uh, division in in its own right. Whereas yeah, they've called up some names from NXT, but it's, it's still fairly small not to the point they can afford sending multiple people over to raw to make up for that. But you, we always see that happen one way or another. One brand kind of gets the the short end of the stick uh, at at the expense of the other, to help out the other. Uh, So maybe, maybe that happened in the draft here. I remember Hibbert Dakar kind of agreeing with you are saying about Shayna Baszler, saying, uh, give her the title and let her run with it. I mean, I agree, Johnny, you and I are very much on the same page of, you know, I've been very much kind of rooting for Baszler here for a long time now. And the two weeks in a row here, we've definitely seen more of what I've wanted to see out of her, this dominant, uh, you know, badass kind of character here. The way, way as you mentioned, that she was way back in uh, early 2020. And they kind of uh, went away from that, and now we're finally getting that back. And I, I think there's a lot of a lot of potential in it, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, if we get kind of this full fledged feud of her and Charlotte, I think that'd be at the very least possible to see her feuding with uh, or uh, feuding with Charlotte and winning the title. I, I think you know if they if they play the cards right, it definitely will be an option. Uh, I do want to mention what I was talking about the the Charlotte Floyd Open Challenge. You mentioned Alexa Bliss, John. I spent probably like 10 minutes last night talking about how much I liked. The Alexa Bliss match, and how hopeful I was that it was going somewhere, and how I was like, "This is going to be a good storyline moment. It's going to be progression. It's going to be good." I'm excited. And then and you then,
1: find out what actually happened.
0: Yeah, now uh, granted, we're like, it's not quite like 100 percent confirmed, but like, you know, it's rep- reputable sources and like the news is getting out there. Like, all right, she's might be taking months off. That was a gut punch. I'm sitting here last night, like I, I like this match, I, I like where the story could be going. Uh it's feeling pretty good. I see that. I'm like, ah oh, man, because I've I've said it every week. I really like Alex and Bliss. And John, you, you just mentioned yourself, yeah, the, the, the Raw Women's Division is definitely maybe a little lacking here. Now, Stephen Chambers saying the move Shane to SmackDown. I had thought that Shana would be better off going to SmackDown, but no, now, as you mentioned, on top of these other uh, absences, and then also, i really with the way that they haven't bugged her in the past couple weeks. Suddenly, like I think she can stand raw, she can feud with Charlotte Flair, um, and and maybe some other people that they bring over to, to make up for that. But yeah, that that was definitely very disappointing to see uh, Alexa s- supposedly, reportedly, uh, p- perhaps taking time off, and hopefully uh, she'll be back soon. Same saying we might see old Alexa back at the Royal Rumble. Maybe. Speaking of which. I saw a funny headline today about the Royal Rumble. It was it was confirmed it will be in St. Louis, oh, and okay. I think it was the sportsster tweeted that uh, um, David Pierce will win it because he because he's the archer of infamy, and St. Louis is about the like they've got the gateway and the arch. Yes. Uh, but my first thought was that Red Orton might win because he's the St. Louis boy. Give him a three-peat in his hometown. Uh, that's where he won it in I think twenty uh not t- 2009 i believe that's when he won it uh in st louis i believe that was a long time ago um but that's a long way so who knows what's gonna happen but yes uh you know little decision definitely some some moving pieces here in terms of the the members of the roster shane babes are looking good in terms of this, this dominant run Charlotte flair defends the title again uh and now with alexis supposedly being gone She's going to need somebody, and, and suddenly Shane Beasler is looking like a pretty good option, depending on what happens with the draft here. So we looking forward to something happens there. Speaking of title matches, we'll talk a little about the main event itself, but we did have uh, maybe a match that should have been on Extreme Rules. It was a U.S. title match between Damian Priest and Sheamus. No countouts, no disqualifications. We got tables, we had chairs, we had kendo sticks. Uh, this would have been right at home on, on Extreme Rules. Probably should have been on Extreme Rules. Um, we had table table spots, chairs, and everything. Uh, it was a good match. I was glad we got to see it on Raw. Uh, but again, the timing was a little weird, where it's like this is the night after Extreme Rules, a show that only had one Extreme Rules match whatsoever. Um, good match. Damon Priest, again, we, we've said it several times here in, in recent weeks, but they're booking him well. They're, they're making him look good. Give him some good matches. Hopefully, after this, he can, he can move on from Sheamus. These guys have faced off many, oh many times. Uh, so I think we are definitely well past the the, the expiration date on this one. Um, yet, and yet again, hopefully with the draft here, we might bring in some new options of uh, contenders and people that could challenge Damian Priest. But what do you think about – I guess I'll pair it. We saw Priest face Seamus tonight, and also you were there in person to see Jeff Hardy versus Seamus Priest extreme rules. So kind of two nights in a row for Damian Priest fang the title.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, and I know I said this, and you saw last night uh, – There was not one person more the entire night that people wanted to see win more than Jeff Hardy. Uh, Literally, I mean, and you could hear it on TV, I assume. You could, you could. That when they were doing the back-and-forth blows, they were booing Damian Priest and cheering Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy is still extremely over. He, with no effort at all, Jeff Hardy was the most over guy, not in the main event last night. And he was so close to winning, people wanted him to win. And I thought there was a a glimmer of hope that maybe he would win and he didn't. Uh, And of course, you know, he didn't have to stick the pinfall. So, you know, no harm, no foul there. But as far as tonight goes, the rematch being basically like an extreme rules tonight, but if I'm not mistaken, they, they really didn't, Use any weapons or anything like that tonight in, their, in there. Their were table match. spots. Yeah, there, there, there were there were table spots and chairs, but nowhere near like an extreme rules yeah, type match yeah. that Roman and and Fowler yeah. had last yeah. night. But uh, and technically, a triple threat match is no DQs. So exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. they it, it just goes without being without being said. So, Priest, the mid card usually benefits from a shake up draft. I could see you know somebody like. Jinder Mahal, somebody like Dolph Ziggler or Sami Zayn coming over to to challenge Damian Priest. Or, and we've seen this many times before, and I think it's due, uh, a flip-flop where we could see Priest come to SmackDown and Nakamura could go to Raw. Uh, Unlikely because they like the Pat McAfee pairing with, with Nakamura there, but still something to consider that... Basically they've wrapped up all their feuds tonight which is why we kind of got those final rematches I think such as yeah. Biggie and Lashley uh Priest uh, and I think you know that's good.
0: Yeah, I definitely loved it with as I said earlier that feeling that by and large it was just like season finale which made the Drew McIntyre thing at the end a little more odd <laughs> I guess where, where yeah cuz like the 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 Biggie by the match definitely felt like an ending uh, a big ending if you will. And Priest and Seamus, they faced off several times here in recent weeks. So that definitely felt like a, a conclusive ending as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this definitely was kind of a – you know, season finale moving forward here for some fresh options. I mean, you mentioned uh, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, did you guys say point out maybe we could get Bobby Roode coming over to Raw, getting what he deserves, uh, maybe some getting some time in the spotlight because he's I think he deserves better than he's gotten. Uh, Steve, uh, Stephen Chambers agreeing. Maybe Sami Zayn's an option. We know that his contract is coming up at some point soon. Ditto for Kevin Owens. His contract will be up in January, so definitely a situation worth looking out for. I said it last night in the post show trying to think of people that would you know benefit from moving brands owens would be one whether he resigns or not uh maybe just giving him one last run on raw whatever that might be if it if it's shooting with priest i don't know if it's one last run trying to attempt the world title obviously they, they wouldn't give it to him if he was leaving um but i don't know i think that that's he's he's another name as well um but often more high praise for for damian priest here hermit Carr saying he feels like priest could be this generation's undertaker i mean that's a high bar i don't know about that i think you know
1: he's a little old to kind of reach that kind of height at this point he's almost 40 if he's not already yeah and i
0: think yeah that sounds right
1: so that's just i mean we'll see how long he lasts on the mid card because i think you know bobby lashley he lost a mid-card title when a couple weeks later he was wwe champion so
0: it's true now uh Stephen Chambers asking what the chances of edge moving to raw and this is kind of the big question here for me i was talking about it last night but the big question is like this, trying to balance the rosters. SmackDown's gotten so loaded recently with Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. They already had Roman. Um, they have Edge right now. They've got Seth Rollins, all these other stars. Not to say that Raw doesn't have stars, but the the balance definitely does feel a little swayed over to SmackDown. I imagine Raw slash USA Network slash WWE. They're going to want to try and kind of, you know, correct that somewhat. Um Edge is one guy I I didn't think of him last night. I think Edge is one name that would be a big name that could move uh, to Raw at least. It's 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 a lot easier I think to think of people that could move from Raw to SmackDown than it is people that can move from SmackDown to Raw because uh, you know, of the nature of the way that the Raw, Raw booking has been. Other than the last, let's say the last like two or three weeks, the, 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 there's some talents that have kind of a, a stain on them. Uh, Shane Shane Bezler had been that. Um, ricochet, I was I would say is up there with people that kind of need that fresh coat of paint by moving moving brands. Smackdown, that's less of a problem. Um, so I like I like I like the edge pick. Eddie Zahari, I just already think Cesaro is another option here. maybe uh, you know, maybe maybe reunite Cesaro Seamus as the bar. I think that'd be fun. Um, Brock Lesnar, another one that comes up as well. Definitely a, a needle mover where you've got him maybe coming over. Um, I think that would make sense. Uh, but I guess to go off of, you know, a little more question about the draft here. Fernando's asking our top five picks for the draft. So, John, who do you really see as the most likely candidates to move in general? Let's say let's let's leave it generally.
1: Moving from one show to the other. Yeah, because well, we're not really quite sure what kind of draft they're doing. They could be doing the con they've done in the past couple of years, where it's like everybody's a free agent and they draft from a pool, or it could right. be where they've done where they've taken like three from one to the other, but. Uh, If I'm saying the top five that I think need a change of scenery the most, um, uh, I was going to put Drew McIntyre at number one, but now I'm inclined to say that that, that's not where I would stand. Uh, I I do think that all of the champions, like, uh, you know, because we saw the last draft tag champions were drafted, uh, so the Raw tag champions were on SmackDown. I don't think we're going to see any of that this time. I think the champions are pretty safe where they're at now. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Rooter, too, that I would like to see go over from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, there's way too many lower mid-card guys on Raw. The uh, You know, we have a, a lot of lower teams like Mason T-Bar, uh Mansoor and Ali, Garza and Humberto, Jinder Mahal and his guys. So I think at least a few of them need to move. Uh, Steven Chambers puts up an interesting prospect of The Miz possibly going to SmackDown. With him on Dancing with the Stars right now, it's almost like he has to be drafted because he's still on the roster, but I don't think he's going to actually show up anytime soon. At least until he gets eliminated, which who knows when that will be. Maybe he was eliminated tonight for all I know because I know somebody Uh, got eliminated tonight. But um, I I think that as far as the women's division, you have to get more on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, you need more women in general because – somehow, some way the women's division has really, really dwindled down.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think about, uh, Bailey going on injury, you think about, um, I don't know, I guess, you know, Ruby riot left. They, some of this is a self-inflicted wound where they had people and they let them go. Uh and you know there's so like there's so several talented people in NXT, and we've got uh, DJ asking whether NXT will be involved. As far as we know, NXT will not be involved. Though I think you know they might we might get some call-ups anyway. This won't be drafted officially. Uh and I, I think that's fair to expect. I mean, Rick Boogs kind of got called up like that. Uh Tony Storm arrived on SmackDown, uh, Knox and Shotzi, although they haven't used a lot, they they, they got kind of called up. Unofficially without the draft. So I, I think we might see more of that kind of slowly unfolding uh, in, the, in the weeks ahead here, kind of on top of the draft to really kind of shake things up. I think that'd be beneficial. Um, so I don't know. Again, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we could spend the whole show talking about this, but I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. And obviously, John will be back here. We will be back here next week to talk all about the draft. John will be there in person on night one on SmackDown. So we will get to see the excitement uh, live and in person. Uh, so definitely going to be a fun time there on friday and then they'll wrap up on monday the second night of the draft there um yeah, so we had three kind of uh we, we had three title matches tonight and uh, i guess we just a, we talked a little bit about it but we had the main event match where uh, because the the Herbis came out and reunited uh the, the new day came down and brought them to set up a, a steel cage match for the title and the main event uh where of course adam pierce said oh i'm gonna book a steel cage match to eliminate outside interference and there was outside interference so it's all pointless, but that's fine. Um, good match, I thought. This was one of the better steel cage matches I've seen recently. I mean, I, I, I remember, I, I remember, I liked uh, Roman R- Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens uh, on the Christmas Day episode of SmackDown last year, but maybe beyond beyond that, this is one of the better ones I've seen recently. Um, just two, as as Biggie himself said, two meaty men slapping meat. It's a good time." You know, Biggie's doing doing a great job here in the main event. I tweeted about it right when he came out and started the show. I'm just still happy we, we live in a world where Biggie's a WWE champion. I think he's doing very well with it. I will say that Bobby Lashley kind of dominated the first match tonight, and it was he controlled the first several minutes again in the main event. Thankfully, it turned into a much, a much more competitive match. Uh, there was one cool spot where Biggie went for an avalanche big ending, and Bobby Lashley turned it into, into a dragon sleeper. In the end, after a lot of shenanigans with the New Day and the, and the herpes and stuff like that, including. Uh, Kofi Kingston hitting his trust wall off the cage wall, which is pretty cool. Uh, in the end, an avalanche uh, big ending from Biggie earned earn the win. So Biggie reigns supreme as the WWE champion heading into all of, all of uncertainty of the draft with that tease of Drew McIntyre. So John, what, what do you think about this main event between Lashley and Biggie here?
1: I thought it was a really good match. The interference was obvious. Even when they announced it was going to be a still cage match, Ex- what happened is exactly what everybody knew was going to happen. And then to kind of set up this, I think what's more intriguing is the post-match uh, McIntyre comes out, which she had a feeling something was going to happen. Like it wasn't just going to go out there with Biggie celebrating. Drew comes out. He is now free to challenge for the title again because Bobby Lashley is no longer the champion. So, of course, now he's instantly going to be number one contender again. Uh, I I do see people clamoring for this online, thinking it's going to instantly be a classic. Maybe it will. Uh, Will it be crown jewel? I assume probably yes uh, because Survivor Series is usually reserved for probably Big E versus Roman Reigns, I would assume, unless – Unless Drew somehow wins, and then it would be Drew versus Roman, which is equally as intriguing. But I, I, I want to see how the build goes first, other than just Drew saying, "Me next," and Biggie <laughs> saying, "Okay, I'm the ch- fighting champion, so whoever wants to be be next is next." So there needs to be a good build, and and one thing, and I'll get your opinion on this after after I say this. People are assuming that maybe Drew's going to be a heel here against Big E, but, I mean, I am fine with it being face versus face. We've seen this before. Uh, Which way do you see this going, and which way do you want it to go? That's
0: a good question. I uh, I think I – even just maybe, the, maybe I was projecting. There's like something about the way Drew came out and like he pointed the sword at Biggie, and that's that, and it's almost not a heelish move, but there's something about the way he did it. Or it was like, at least, at least I could see that they could go with a heel, or at least heel ish Drew McIntyre here. Um, where I think that makes sense, you know, they're really trying to establish Biggie as this like big, uh, big babyface top star. Uh, Drew, Drew was that guy, uh, so and he's been that guy for. Over, like Wow, probably like a year and a half now, if not, if not a little longer, ever since he won the Rumble uh, way back in 2020. But I think it'll be interesting. I, I am definitely interested to see how it's going to go. Um, I think we, we were talking a little bit about it earlier. You're talking about Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler, where it's like you don't necessarily know how it's going to go because like it isn't exactly that. Uh, or it's it's a storyline that, that kind of lends itself to going away from the, the standard like face-heel divide where it's like, no, they're they they're both baby faces or people are going to cheer for them, but you could kind of lean more and more with uh, Drew McIntyre, at least, again, having some heelish tendencies. I could see Drew kind of being like, hey, you know, I, I won this title the hard way. I won the Rumble. I beat Brock Lesnar. And here you are winning the money in the bank and then cashing in on the man that hurt his leg. Like, I, I could see something like that. Um, I think there's there's something there, um, but at the same time, I think face is face will be fun. It's like you know, two two top guys fighting for the title. Nothing wrong with that. I think that be I could be that could be just as fun as well. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying that Drew being a face not not really working out for him. He's better as a heel. I mean, I will say we reached a point late in the pandemic where like Drew was kind of like. At least I think genuinely people were kind of souring on him. It was like, all right, we, we've seen this song and dance; like it's, we're kind of over it. And then I, I, I've been saying it for a little while since fans came back uh, that, that he is so good at playing off the live crowd that I think that makes up for it. Um, where you don't necessarily need to turn and face to kind of like salvage that. Um, that is, it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to see how they go about it, especially with this. Fairly solid tease that like Drew's going to be saying on Raw and Food and Biggie going forward here. So uh, if he does turn heel, Eddie Ed Zahari is saying that he likes the idea of turning Drew heel. Uh, and bring back the Broken Dreams theme. I want them to bring back the, the Broken Dreams theme somehow. Me too. Um, I think it would make more sense for the heel character where use, he literally, his dream was broken and he lost the title. Maybe, maybe after he loses to Big E, they could do that. I'm not quite sure, uh, but definitely getting some more support with that idea from Her- Hermit D'Kar here about the broker-dreams team there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, in the short term, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Didier Casier saying something else here. I think I saw an interview where, where I think it was Big E or Kofi had said this as well with the potential for a triple threat match between the New Day. I think that would be fun Very ca- in, a, in a similar way of – all by like the places
1: in like a friendly manner, type yeah, match.
0: exactly yeah. like a, a matter of respect and friendly competition. Nobody's turning to heel, nobody's doing anything. Um, Biggie has so, said in so pretty much every interview I've seen, he's done since he won the title. He's like, We're not splitting up. I think at one point you literally said an interview, like, We're not splitting up. Stop asking, stop, 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 like you know, in so yeah, many words. And, you know, and
1: let's not forget that this Friday we should also be expecting or to see some kind of announcement about King of the Ring, which is supposed yes. to start next Friday. Yes. So that'll obviously also play a huge role into what they do.
0: Xavier Woods needs to win King of the Ring. I've read <sighs> so many interviews I with this man. That. With him, with him himself saying he wants to win king of the ring, with Kobe Kingston saying we got to get this man king of the ring, with Biggie saying, oh, we, like, we, we want to get him king of the ring. Like, my gosh, give this man the crown. He, he deserves it. He, this, is what, this is what we all need. Like, make it happen, folks. Come on. Like, nah. I,
1: what, John? Come on. This is, this is the nah. whole content I live for. No. Nah. Um. It needs to be somebody that's a single star that really needs to push – like Karrion Cross, like Keith, Bear Catley, somebody like that. Um, I, I just think that Xavier Woods is not the guy for it. Leave it at that. I will say,
0: in the old mentality of King of the Ring is a, is a springboard to bigger, better things. We saw that Brock Lesnar. We've seen that several times in the past. I would 100% agree. Give it to Kieran Cross or somebody that really needs it to kind of to launch them like that. In recent years, by and large, King of the Ring hasn't really done anything. You know, it kind of gave King Corbin a fresh coat of paint and he, and he ran with the gimmick for, well, I would say he ran it in the ground uh, and now he's doing much better as Happy Corbin. But um, otherwise, dating back a couple of years, like we haven't really seen the King of the Ring really, like, I don't want to say matter, but in terms of what the, what the winner does or gains from it, like, you know i i i, I like that idea of just like kind of just giving it to woods being like all right like this is what you want there you go like you deserve it there you go you know enjoy um i don't know and uh, but uh, this little like part was like okay at least give him a strong run in it but then like no if i don't want him to like, get to the to the, the finals and lose i'd be like that'd be even worse um but there's a lot that could do with it. Gavin Coombs saying uh, Damian Priest will be king of the ring, a holy king because he's Damian Priest. Uh, DJ Cassidy jokingly saying Reggie. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying AJ Styles. Uh, DJ again saying Bearcat, and now that's a, a natural segue. Hey, John, tonight we saw the arrival of Keith Bearcat Lee, and it's important to note this is a tribute to. I had to pull it up somewhere, but it was forget blank on the last name. So
1: he's doing this name as a, as a tribute to somebody I, you're
0: still, I'm looking right now a tribute to uh pro wrestling's quote unquote, Brown bomber, Bearcat, right. I'm not quite sure exactly what it's from, but f- someone from the, the fairly, you know, distant past where it's someone in the quote unquote old days of wrestling. So that's good. That's a good tip of the cap to, to legacy and, and you know, tradition and, and history, I guess. But I don't know if this is what Keith Lee needed. I, I I I like the idea of him joining up with the Hurt business and, and kind of turning heel in that sense. Uh early on in the show tonight I think it was DJ tw- uh, commented that Keith gave like a promo on Raw Talk where he seemed pretty heelish uh on the first night with this Bearcat gimmick. It's he came out as the Bear, as Bearcat and he squashed Akira Tozawa. Um I don't know man like I don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is it. What What do you think about the arrival of Bearcat?
1: Uh, I mean, it's just a name for now. We'll see how the character evolves as far as heel faced, face, how much dominant he can be, what roster he ends up on, things of that nature. So for now, I'm in a holding pattern.
0: Yeah, and I, I saw this, this sentiment going around as well where Hermit Carr saying the, the Bearcat Keith Lee would sound better or just Bearcat Keith Lee. I think most nicknames, if you have it in the middle of the name, it's, it can be a little clunky. And that's just a matter of personal preference. But I, I would agree with that, where it's like, I like the idea of, uh, you know, just a precursor of a nickname rather than kind of in the middle there. Um, yeah, I'm, I agree. I I always try and, like, reserve judgment and try and, like, let things kind of play out. But I saw that immediately they had kind of – this or this had leaked. I think it was last week before Raw. It was a dark match where they had announced him as Bear, Keith Catley Bear, Lee um, and the live crowd. Get out there. Um, so kind of just knowing that you know, I wasn't surprised by this, but now now knowing that it, ha- it is a thing officially, um not the best. Um, but again, I, I like I like the motive of like the the history and, and the, the respect there. So uh Kevin Coombs maybe a little optimistically saying put uh send Burkhardt to SmackDown, they could challenge Roman Reigns, give him a, a few matches, give him a push. I mean uh, maybe before this bear cap business, I would have, I would have agreed, but I, th- I don't know. I'm, war- I'm just, maybe it's a matter of, how, I struggle to take it seriously Whereas I don't know. There's something about it. It's not quite sitting right with me. Again, maybe if they kind of still book him right anyway, as you said, John, it is just the name and it doesn't really matter. And in that sense of like, if, if he's still booked right, that's what really is important here. Um, but we'll see. At uh, the very least Keith Lee's back on TV and that's a good thing. And that, that, that is what I'm glad about. Uh, someone else was on TV tonight was Karrion Cross, Yet again, pretty good promo backstage. Yet again, comes out wearing this ridiculous gear. His opponent tonight was Jackson Riker, who, for a flash in the pan, was a featured star on Raw uh, when the fans came, uh, shortly before the fans came back, and then when the fans did come back. And then ever since then, he's been on main event and such. Uh, this was his first match on Raw in a couple of weeks. And Cross pretty decisively beat him. And K- Karrion Cross popped me at one point because he was yelling like, you know, I'm I'm your I'm your um, commanding officer now. Uh, he was like, "Come on, Marine, come on, Marine!" I like he popped me there. Like I thought that was pretty funny. Um, just you know, good heel, heel heat there. Admittedly, again, I think that we can all agree by and large that the the Jackson micro experiment did not work um based on what what i just said he's been off tv i guess the 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 higher-ups didn't really uh like it or or think that it worked with that did you you point out that it was disrespectful with the 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 marine stuff i mean that's the point that's yeah it was a heel thing i thought it was just funny that he went there it's like it's kind of like mjf and aw not to go there but i'm saying like you can say you can you can fully know that it's disrespectful but to me, it was—I guess—it was more the delivery. Where he was just like being such a jerk about it. I kind of—I thought it was kind of funny in that sense. Not that—not that the the disrespect in itself was funny to, to clarify. But um, yet again, Karen Cross picking up wins, looking ridiculous. So a mixed bag if there ever was one. Um, I don't know. You know, I. If they get him out of this gear, I think it's. I think it's not too late. Same to Timber's saying get him out of the helmet. He looks like Lord Tensai. That's a throwback. My gosh, Lord Tensai. Oh, I feel like I'm t- ten years old again. Um, not ten, but you know my, my earlier years as a fan. But yeah, he lo- is ridiculous. I gotta imagine at some point soon they're gonna uh, do something else. You know, change his gear I, again. Move him to SmackDown. Get rid of this gear. Hit the reset button. We have. We still don't know what's going going on with Scarlett. I don't know, but at the very least, the Sun Cross there and just start over with with the with the knowledge that he's already picked up some wins, so you can kind of take him seriously if he's not in this gear. So otherwise, not a whole whole lot to dig into. We had uh, two impromptu match, well, not impromptu, but two kind of whatever match. I guess three. We had Ricochet facing, Bre- yeah, Pillar, Pillar, <laughs> Well, the weird thing was that they had the WWE title match, and the first one after that. Was yeah, uh, was Garza versus Eric of the Viking Raiders, yeah. And I'm like, if you're gonna have this title match for the ratings, you gotta follow up something like a a little more to get
1: people to actually stay tuned in.
0: Like, if I'm a casual fan or someone that may not be watching otherwise and I I tune in for the title match, I see that, I'm like, what is this? I don't know who these people are. Whereas, if it was Damien, I don't know if you you know if you want to blow the two title matches in a row of Damien Priest, but something i don't know you know not this and, and then yet again i said we were talking about it last week this gimmick of oh they're they're so good looking and, and they're so arrogant like it's like almost like a, a male version of the eve marie gimmick it's very weird i don't like it um they had, they had a promo backstage where they're like we're gonna take over the tag division and look good while doing it i'm like ah, i don't know man i don't know <laughs> it's not good uh, I, I, you know, I know it's heel heat, but this is, like, very, very old school stuff in, in a bad way. Like, this is, like, I was talking about it uh, last night where it's, like, yeah, the, we had the the tag time to match. The story was about Montez Ford's ribs. That's old school tori- storytelling in a match. That works. Cool. This gimmick, it, it's a, it's an integrated gimmick where it's, like, nobody wants to see this. Like, come on. Like, ah I, I don't, like, these guys are so talented that they, they just don't, this, this isn't it. Like, come on. Don't like it. Do you, do? Would you agree, John? Like, are you are you? What do you think about this? Um, I I don't even know what to call it—the gimmick that we've got for Garza Creo here.
1: Uh yeah, <laughs> very odd. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, a loss
1: for words. Really, I mean, what can you say?
0: What can you say? Nando's saying it's a very old gimmick. Rick the Model Martel, old—that's like back in the '80s. That's a good shout. Um, so that is a very like a throwback. Again, throwbacks can be great sometimes. Other times they can just be like, ah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, not not into it. And then we have another. I think pretty shortly after that, we had an actual 24/7 title match where Reggie, Re- sorry, Reggie defended the title against Ricochet. <laughs> Ricochet's got to get off the show man it's so bad it's so bad but Reggie is now the longest reigning 24-7 champion which makes sense we, we talked about we've talked about it before John he he brings in the, the TikTok numbers so at least there's that and they they, they announced the match I think it was right before a commercial and I was like oh these guys are gonna do some flips this could be actually cool Eh, well, it wasn't that cool. Like <laughs> it didn't get that much time, they didn't do that much, and then you got more of the usual shenanigans of Akira tozawa like drew Gulak, Ma- Drake Maverick was there, you know, in the walkie-talkie. That was kind of fun. R 2 was there as well. Uh at this point, every week there's not a title change. I'm like, all right, cool. Cause like, if, if there is, I kinda of have to like randomly write up a you know. I, it's better than back in the days. I used to have to write up like three articles in the, in one shot of them changing the title three times. At least now we have like somewhat steady nothing. reigns. <laughs> well, well, nothing for now. Like he's been champion for a while. He broke Rob Gronkowski's record. Um, I don't, I don't know off top of head how long it was, but it was a while. He was like he he was literally off TV for months. So, um, yeah, there there was this, this one as well, and what, what was oh. We talk about Keith Lee.
1: Yeah, you're right. Gronkowski had it for 67 days, and Reggie just hit 70 today. That's
0: right. So I think there's another film I mentioned I'm blanking on. But that goes to show how forgettable it was. But, uh, you know, by and large here, a lot of hits. We had, a, we had a brief promo backstage where Super Brutality was talking about winning the titles, and Nikki tried to get Ray Ripley to wear a cape she was gonna she wasn't about that oh wait we, we had a very good match although one that we've had um, several times of riddle versus aj styles randy orton randy orton was absent tonight so this pretty much proved that riddle cannot win without randy orton which makes sense you know with, with almost being there as the x factor without having orton to kind of even the odds cool um you know i, I get it you know it was a very good match aj styles wins and again that makes sense it feels like we're we are rolling with RK Pro versus Saz and almost still I thought we'd get that pay-per-view, we didn't. So maybe we'll get that some point in the weeks ahead. I don't know if they draw it all the way out to Crown Jewel, but uh you know, good match. Not not much to complain about with it, but you know, not too much to really not too much to really get into because we've seen it before. We've seen both guys win it at one point or another. Um two two good guys put on a good match, so no, that's all I got to say about that one. Uh, and you, like you mentioned uh, briefly, uh, Goldberg had his promo here where he was talking about wanting to kill Bobby Lashley. Uh, and, they, and, you yeah, know, cool, casual murder uh, reference on, on, on live TV here. Um, I will say it's interesting they didn't, like, say it's going to be at Crown Jewel. That's, that's pretty clearly the direction here. But I did think it was interesting that they didn't, like, Actually, confirm that, announce it, yeah. say it. Um, but I do not see this going any further than Crown Jewel. That's already, that's call it like three weeks away. So, yeah, I I, I think they all but kind of confirm that's going to happen. So maybe next week we'll get that confirmation. Because um, yeah, it, it, it's it's that this is the that's how these shows work. You've got the people wanting the money, and the the money is good at the Crown Jewel shows. So you know that that makes sense. Um, I hope it's better than the match at Summerslam, which really isn't saying much. But not much more to say about it. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, do you what, do do you think that? Oh, I that is already reminding me of of the other throwaway match we had: Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, and Jeff Hardy facing um, Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky. I think the good the good guys won, right? I I kind of like. Yes. Okay, so.
1: Well, no, gender gender, and they, oh. them won. Yeah. Okay. I, cause yeah. I was. Yeah, gender, like... gender and them won. Uh, they, the announcers described it as one of their most dominant efforts yet as a team. Uh, okay. Jeff Hardy and Ali had a, a little bit of. They were beefing they were backstage. They were beefing backstage. They were
0: beefing. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. That'd be a fun kind of clash of generations, like, you know, pass versus. Present slash future, um, to where you know Mustafa didn't want Hardy's help, and then Mansoor was like, "Oh, well, it'd be cool to team with Jeff Hardy." Um, if this is where we're going with it, cool. But if if we, um, I don't know, it feels weird. where Mustafa and Mansoor are a tag team, and Hardy does not have a partner right now, so I'm not sure what, what we're going with that. But I think this, there's some interesting storyline potential here, where you've got kind of again this this odd couple thing. Among other odd couples on Raw, uh, where you've got uh, you know Mustafa and Mansoor disagreeing about this, so you know I don't know. Um, I like it. I think it's fun. Good for good for Mustafa Ali. Good for Mansoor to be involved uh, in a notable storyline here. So I'm final of it. Good and gender wins the match, and that that's good as well. So um, all in all, here I think the show is rating.
1: You got to get yeah. a rating.
0: The show, I'll, i hmm. It's weird. It's like there's a lot to like, but now we're talking about it and like some stuff I didn't love either. I'll go for an eight. Maybe that's generous. But I'll go for an eight. I, I like the title match. I liked how that was kind of the the through line of the show. The hurt business came back. That was cool. We had uh, the U.S. head match was good, and. You know, other stuff to kind of enjoy or look forward to. And, and, uh, namely, the hope of the draft has also uh, pushed my rating up or Mike, I'm just hopeful that the draft will uh, shake things up and make things better here, even better. Because so I think Raw's been getting better lately. But what, what would you say, John, out of 10?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Let's go with a 6.75. 6.75. Very good main event. Uh, I think they could have done maybe a little more with how. They kind of finished up these stories and introduced or uh, teased future ones. Uh, it's, you know, season finales are kind of always like, and, eh, you know, uh, I think next week business will pick up.
0: Certainly. You know, it's the draft. Things should be very uh, shaken up, and that therefore I, w- I would think business business will pick up as well. Stephen Chambers giving a 6.5. Henry DeCaro with a 5.5. Uh, DJ Garcia, just to loop back to uh, Karen Cross pointing out that Karen and Scott got engaged over the weekend, so that may be a factor in their absence. I'm not quite sure. Who knows? Don't know what's going on there. Hopefully, you know, everything's good, and she'll be back uh, as soon as possible. Uh, DJ giving the show a 7.2, and Francis Fernando with a 6.6 as well. So, again, I think Vra has been... Well, at least again comparatively on a hot streak you had we have the the new day versus the bloodline last week we had the triple threat match with roman reigns last week so that was very good we had big biggie, biggie cashing in the, the uh on last week the week before that and now tonight, two w title matches the herbert is coming back lots of good stuff to enjoy with the draft offering a reason for hope as well and so, uh with warrock giving a 6.1 uh for the show you know like a mixed bag here and you know, perhaps above average maybe others uh not digging it quite as much but again hopefully the draft will uh be a a, a sign of, of good of good things to come so we'll, we'll hopefully see how happens with that on friday and monday but uh over on the, the smack show we'll talk on night one and john will be back here on monday night to talk about the uh, the second night of the draft and how that goes and otherwise john you'll not be back here uh tuesday to talk about WWE NXT 2.0 should be Interesting, to say the least, um, as we continue through with this Rainbow rebranding. And otherwise, Robert, again, Robert and I will be here on Saturday to talk about Friday Night Smackdown. The Diamond Dudes I Attitude cover all things AW and we've got a great stream of inter- interviews constantly coming at you guys. Uh, I interviewed Ring of Honor star Shane Taylor last week. Even if you don't watch Ring of Honor, check out the last five minutes. He cuts a promo on Mr. Owl from the Tootsie Roll, uh, the Tootsie bollipop commercials. It's hysterical. You got to check it out. Can't recommend it enough. Otherwise, both previous interviewed interviewed CM Punk and Paul White, uh, and we just got a, a great stream of new interviews constantly coming at you guys. Um, all these things and more available on all of our platforms, not called Spotify, YouTube, battle Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So leave like and subscribe. And remember, no matter what, if it's a good Raw, a bad Raw, a bad Raw, or somewhere in between, we try to do the one thing above all others here. We do a wrestling junkie. Tell me what that is. Enjoy
1: wrestling.
0: Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.